0: Your night round has been and gone. We've got coaches leaving. We've got players making their debuts. And, of course, your favourite trio is here in your ear holes, bringing you through it all. Michelle, how are you this week? I am good and with no voice again. You're sounding better than last week, though, I will admit. We can kind of understand you this time. Oh, that's good. That's, that's great. Um, Cody, I passed my sickness through the camera to you. How, it, how is it? Life on Death's door at the moment. Oh, Cody's forgotten how to unmute
1: himself. Sorry, I don't know what happened to my mic there. It just kind of cut out really weirdly. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think I've got. I'm in the same boat as what both of you guys are. Last week with the no voice, it's kind of the walking wounded going on at the moment. It's I don't know how good it is.
0: Three people <laughs> with no voice hosting a podcast. How what will could this go, go? wrong? Find out next. Um, all right, let's dive into unite round. Um. Start at the top with your girls in Sky Blue. Feels like every time Courtney Vine plays for Sydney, um, she scores in her last couple of appearances, Michelle. So that that's a, a good vibe for the Sky Blue. Um, taking down Western United to kick off. Was it the kickoff of Unite Round? No, it wasn't. Sorry, my games aren't in order. And I was looking at this being like, that definitely wasn't how it started. But hey, we're here. We're going to start there anyway. Um, it's like the last game of Unite Round. <laughs> Maybe it's back the front. Perth and Melbourne started unite round didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's start in Sydney and then we'll double back to where we should have started. Um, off to a solid start, guys.
1: I mean, um, I mean, the whole thing was in Sydney, so we're still starting there anyway.
0: Exactly right, home game. Um, <laughs> you were there. How was the vibe? Give me your thoughts. Your night round, yay or nay? Shall, should it be back next year? Of course, it's going to be, but um, should it be?
2: I don't like Unite Round. I don't like the idea of it. I've never liked the idea of it. It's not football. It's not, I don't know. It it clearly did not work for this year. And, like, yes, there's, you know, a lot of teething and, you know, it's the first year of it and I think things could be better, but it wasn't at all, I think, what anyone was expecting. Um, but in terms of the game, um, I think we can talk about Unite Round a bit later after we cover all these games. Um but in, in terms of the game, I think, um, much like the Cove, uh, the first half was not very good, but the second half was great for Sydney <laughs> and for the Cove. The Cove was bumping in the second half when we finally got the drum. Um, but yeah, I, I think Western United, um, looked really good in that first half. They had a couple of shots, uh, one off the crossbar, um, and Chloe Gazo looked desperate to score a goal. Thankfully, she did not um, for my hopes and dreams. Um, but, yeah, I honestly did not think um, Sydney was going to win this game. Uh, I did not think Courtney was going to play much more than ten, five, ten minutes in this game. But um, wouldn't you know, she played, what, 30 minutes, scored the winning goal, um, and Sydney won. So I was wrong on all accounts. Um, and I will happily be wrong for this. Um, But, yeah, look, in in terms of the crowd figure, um, and this is something that we can talk a bit more about later, but having, you know, Sydney as an away team and the Wanderers as an away team um, meant that no one could use their memberships to get into these games, meaning that you're going to see a lot less people come in because most people are like, well, this is my stadium. I should be able to go in with my membership, but I cannot. So, yeah, I, I i mean, we can talk about that later. But, um, yeah, overall, good game. Happy to get the win.
0: Cody, how much of this did you watch, my friend?
1: Well, I was at Combank, so not an overly large amount. But <laughs> it's – look, I can't really comment on it too much. I haven't even been able to watch it back just yet. I can – talk all day about the Wanderers game this week, um, much to Michelle's delight, I'm sure, but in this one, I can only basically go off what I've seen on the scoreline, and that's Sydney FC almost struggling again to score, only getting one goal um, in a match again for things like the fifth week in a row or something, you're not getting more than one, which at least you are scoring. Courtney Vine to the rescue again, but I don't know. At what point, Michelle, do you start getting worried about where this season goes for you if Let's just say Courtney Fine's injury, injury was a little bit more serious if things were going a bit more in that direction. When do you actually start getting worried if there's no one else that can step up in her place as well?
2: Um, Low-key already worried because, yeah, like you said, <laughs> she's already had been out for like two different parts of the season due to injury. Um, you know, it's obviously not looking good. Um, no Fiona Wirtz, no Shay Connors, um, no Nat Tobin, uh Courtney Vine in and out. Um, so yeah, it, it it is worrying. Um and especially like as we go into more of the finals, um you know, hoping we make the finals. Look it looks like we'll make the finals. Um but yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't think we can do any more injury signings. So, um, yeah, and then also um, something I forgot to mention as well: um, Ante Juric got a red card at the end of the game that no one saw. I had no idea.
0: I haven't even seen reports of it.
2: <laughs> it was literally after the whistle blew, as all everyone on the field is shaking hands, saying goodbye, whatever. Um, I like I didn't even see it happen.
1: Was um, it definitely a red?
2: It was, yeah, it was a red. It was straight red um, because the camera, so the commentator, so Robbie Thompson, um, he said on the commentary, he was like, oh, looks like uh, Ante Yurich has been shown a red card. It's like my biggest fear is like whistle. if he's
1: got it mixed up with a yellow or something like that.
2: No, no, no. It was a red and. So he even
1: looked happy afterwards.
2: Yeah, well, of course he was going to be happy. <laughs> but I, I believe he probably went over to Casey Rybel and, um, had a few choice words about the officiating in the match. Um, so, yeah, that that's probably what it was. She probably didn't like it and that was a red. And I think this is also a similar situation to what happened in the Brisbane Roar Jets game, the red card. I don't believe, from what I've heard, it wasn't about the dogzo, it was about descent. So sound, it's sounding like it was descent um, from Ante.
0: God damn, RT. Let's go. All right. Um, right. We've let Michelle talk about her home team, Cody. Now let's talk about your home team. Not your favorite team, your home team. Um, <laughs> you're at the game to see uh, Western Sydney take down a team that was looking strong, kept them goalless of all things as well. Um, It's been very hard to stop the scoring boots of Melbourne City recently. Um, what was this vibe like from your hometown perspective,
1: (laughs) Cody? Yeah, look, in terms of um, crowd and vibe, I don't know if it was much. Wanderers were actually the home team today and from what I heard from the club, their members actually could get in even with the Liberty Pass, but I don't know how many people knew about that. I don't think many people clearly knew about that because I don't think the crowd was overly great, but I don't know how much I can even say the football was overly great. I think Wanderers, to an extent, were probably a little bit Fortunate, I won't say outright lucky, but look, City missed the penalty, they hit the crossbar, they had a hell of a lot more chances than the Wanderers did. Wanderers, look, to their credit, were able to go forward, fashion their chances, obviously not in the way they'd probably like to, but they definitely made a good account of themselves. I think it's the best compliment that I can give them. And, you know, as much as their goal may have been fortunate, uh, mistake by Pru at the back, in some ways you do make your own luck in those regards. So, Wanderers, they are a very good pressing team. I don't know if it was a mistake they forced, but they definitely didn't make it easy for City to play out for a lot of that game. There were times that City broke the press. Laura Hughes, definitely a big uh, factor in that. But look, well, Wanderers should be happy with themselves. You get a win no matter how it comes against a side like Melbourne City. I don't think you're going to look at it and go, oh, well, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. We should have done this better. City will still be able to do this you take the three points and run in that regard, no matter where the game is, even if it is at home.
0: 100%. Um, to two traveling teams this week, let's uh, jump to Brisbane, Newcastle, Newcastle getting the dub. Let's go. Serena Bolden is looking really good. I know she's not an Aussie. Um, I sent in a group chat. Is there any way we can make her one? Cause she is flying with goals. Um, Michelle, you mentioned the highlight of this game, which was the red card. Um, and to make a yell up, scoring an own goal as well. Um, so, <laughs> other than that, uh, on her was... 150th appearance, <laughs> right? Yikes. so many things. Um, a lot of second half goals this week as well. It sounded like the first half of nearly nearly every game was very either hard fought or dull. Um, you can choose the word that you want to play to whatever games you watch this weekend. Um, but three goals in a half. Um, Plus a red card in Brisbane, Newcastle, Um, Newcastle are looking good, but I am assuming that the coming weeks are probably going to be tough with the news today that Gary Van Egmond has officially departed the club for China. Um, So a bit of a shakeup in the coaching there, which um, can either work or it can cause dramas Um, with news that's literally broken in the last hour. Cody, your opinion? on uh, this game and GV leaving.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize he left until you mentioned at the start of the podcast that someone had gone and I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? I've just gone scrolling through Insta and found it. So that's on me for being asleep for the last hour because I am (laughs) sick as a dog. But look, GV, I'm not going to sit here and say he's like a super fantastic coach. That's this mastermind that's going to send us on this path that will make him the best team in the competition because he's not, let's be real. He, what he is, is someone that understands the club and the region inside out. You lose a bit of experience, a bit of knowledge in that regard, yes, but if you can bring someone in that still has an understanding of the female landscape in Australia, even if it isn't particularly Newcastle, you can get someone in that has a bit of pull power to bring good players in, even if you can get good foreign players in, although I don't think um, Newcastle's foreign contingent's really the issue this season, is in, Ninor? You know, Fantastic keeper. I got to have a chat with her after the game. Seems like someone who's really bought into the area as well and has a real love for the club. So, yeah. fantastic signing there. But yeah, look, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say it's disastrous for Newcastle. where well, the timing, may not be good, but I think the timing would have been a lot worse if it was when it was originally reported when Van Egmond was about to finish up her stint. Two, I think losing both of them would have been a not so good situation for him, but. If they' name once gone, you've had a bit of time. to You never know. Maybe they do have a bit of belief in themselves. They can see through this period, and look, they have days where they can play some really, really good football. So I'm not going to completely count them out. But yeah, I think the next, like you said, Josh, the next few weeks are probably going to be fairly important in that regard.
0: How hard does this make their top six challenge, Michelle?
2: I think losing a coach in the middle of your season is always going to be difficult. So. I think it'll be yeah, it'll be a challenge, I guess. Um, they've got good players and they've got a decent team, but um, yeah, you know, I guess it depends on how hard they can bounce back. Um, you know, without the coach, um, they've got Sydney next away, Mariners, Wellington, Western Sydney, like. You know, it's not. They don't have the easiest run the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I also think it's yeah, kind of kind of sucks for them to to lose a coach in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, um, just just on that as well though. You talk about they don't have an easy run going forward. The reality is, unless you're playing Canberra, or Adelaide, and I don't even know how long I put Canberra in that conversation for. I don't know if there's a combination of teams that you'd look at and go, oh, yeah, they do have an easy run. Every team in this competition has some form of danger element about them. I think no matter what situation are in or no matter what they had coming up in front of them, there's no good time to lose a coach, especially when the competition is as tight as it is. Uh, Canberra just won their first game in God knows how long on the weekend. They're now seven points off the top six. It's a stretch, but they're not out of finals contention. Cu- a couple wins and suddenly you're right back in the fight. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, honestly, the way the season's gone. There's no way you look at this. Brisbane's probably one of the other lesser teams now, considering, especially since um, Gareth McPherson left, they, things have kind of really fallen by the wayside for him. But I don't, it's, it's crazy how tight this competition is, because I don't know if there is a run of games you could like, look at and go, oh, yeah, maybe they'll be all right. And everything's difficult at this point.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, speaking of Canberra, uh, in a fixture that at the start of the year boasted, I think it was six goals, six or eight goals, either way, um, boasted another four. Canberra this time coming out on top. Adelaide United are kind of just taking a hit. Um, nearly every week, it's <laughs> looking like beaten a dead horse some weeks and they've got moments where things patch together, but they just can't lock it down for a full stint from what I can see. It's just, it's very disjointed. And then all of a sudden it clicks and then it just unclicks straight away. Um, Michelle Heyman scores a double. Uh, I think she scored a hundredth goal this week as well. Um, so huge. The photo of her holding her own mask and celebrating was absolute choice. Izzy Hodgson on the other side uh, scoring Adelaide's lone goal. Um, How are you feeling being an Adelaide fan right now, Cody? Um, Are you sure you don't want to be a Western Sydney fan?
1: No, no, no. I'm not one to jump ship based on titles, which is – or at least I avoid the um, Glory Hunter tag because Adelaide don't tend to win anything. So, you know what? It makes those conversations about, oh, you don't support a team from your state a lot easier. But, no, look. I think that you summed up best when you said um, things tend to click and then they unclick because Adelaide, for a lot of that game, it looked like they were actually going to get something out of it. They were probably the better team in the first half. Then you come out in the second half, you're up ahead straight away. You think, okay, yeah, this is going to be a good day. And up until then, it was. And then Michelle went, no, I want to score today. I want my 100th goal. And next thing you know, she basically turns into the second coming of Messi. and I don't think anything was going to stop, stop her scoring that day, especially when Canberra were in the situation they were in. She's. I actually spoke to her after the game, She the way she described herself to me was she's a leader by example. Basically, she's only starting to learn to use her voice. But in a situation like that, if you're going to be a leader by example, you step up and you make sure your team gets back in the game. And she, at one stage, I won't say single handedly because Vesna Milavoevic had a big part to play in it too, but double handedly, I guess, if you want to talk about the, both of them dragged Canberra back into this game. And if it weren't for those two, Canberra would be a hell of a lot worse off this season. There's definitely issues at the back. There were moments where they looked disjointed. And look, Chloe Lincoln's probably one of her better games to see in this season, at least. So glad to see her getting back into the form we're very used to with her. But going forward, we're still not seeing Rojas a full flight yet. And if it weren't for Milivojevic and Heyman, I'd hate to think the situation Canberra would be in, but thankfully for their fans, they do have those two on their team. It's one of the best combinations in the league. And I think once it gets clicking consistently, there's a good to fair chance they can go on a good run as well.
0: 100%. Michelle? No thoughts.
1: No thoughts.
2: Congrats to Michelle Heyman. 100 goals is incredible. Um, A great player. And, um, yeah, great to have her in the league. Replacement for
0: Sam Kerr coming up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Maybe five so years ago. Back up. Just, just, just literally... Just literally everyone that scores a goal from here on out has a chance.
1: Are well, we going to bring Casper's um, in as well?
0: Sure. Why not? Let's just to start. Be
1: fair, I, I reckon like both her and her sister, like you give them 12 to 18 months, maybe you put them in that conversation as well. Like they're both incredibly, t- incredible technically talented footballers. So let's revisit that conversation later, I guess. But I just want to say a word on Michelle because I really didn't just, I didn't want to just kind of just brush over it and talk, talk about the context of the game, but There was also the fact that after she scored a second, she was playing with this really, really big smile on her face. And I thought it was awesome to see because she just looked genuinely happy. And, you know, with professional football, sometimes people can get caught up in, I guess, the business side of things, the political side of things. And, you know, sometimes people don't end up enjoying their career for what it was. But in that moment, you could see someone that was just genuinely happy to be where she was and what she was doing. And it almost felt like I was watching a child on the field. i mean that with the most amount of respect that I, as I possibly can for a true pioneer of this game. But she even said to herself, like I, like I said, I spoke to her after the game. She was in probably one of the best moods I've ever seen someone in when I've spoken to in post-match. So no, full credit to her. She deserved everything she got that day. And you look at her career, she deserves everything she's gotten just based on what she's been able to do for football in this country.
0: You score 100 goals, Cody, and tell me you wouldn't be fucking running around like a child.
1: Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, <laughs> she's well within her rights to be doing that. I'm definitely not knocking that part. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, I'm, I was watching almost like a nine-year-old child on the football pitch. Now, that's that's probably what was going through her head. It was probably She was probably thinking back to when she was that age. So it's understandable. And you know what? When you score 100 goals, you've probably got more than enough rights to be <laughs> running around a football pitch while you're trying to see how to win with a big smile on your face. Even when she was losing balls, she was sitting there kind of laughing like, I've just scored a hundred goals. Who gives a shit?
0: <laughs> um, speaking of things we love to see without sounding too harsh, um, Wellington dropping down the table, dropping another lot of points. um, Now sitting outside the six after losing to Central Coast this week. Um, 2-1 Central Coast. Solid result for the Coasties. Um, Wellington just hitting a little run of form. I, I know that was a bit harsh to all my Wellington supporters. I no, know that was we,
1: very I, harsh.
0: I know you guys are listening, but it it's been a rough couple of weeks and that's okay. That's okay. We can turn it around. Um Peter Trimus getting on the score sheet with roll about away on the central coast side of things. Um just looking yeah, you know, this was like a mid-table clash and people needed points. The coast pull closer to being near that bottom of the six and then wellington went from top to mid in the blink of an eye um how are you feeling about uh this result for the coasties um seeing photos of uh kaya simon in training as well so it looks like she is back soon um michelle give us your thoughts and uh
2: Mate, yeah. They say that she's coming back
0: every single week, but there were photos, Michelle,
2: and they say that she's in the squad every week. She's always there. She's always around, but until I see her actually on the bench and ready to play, like I'm not gonna believe that she's playing that all this season. So, um, yeah, she can take their money. That's fine. Um, the rest of the Mariners team will, you know, do the hard work for her. Um, but yeah, you know, good for uh, the Mariners to. Um, to get the win, roll about Awea has been in some pretty decent form, yeah. I'd say. I think she's um it's been great that she's playing this way, um, with the Mariners this season. So um yeah, I, and, and Emma Main as well, I'd like to point out, has been actually really good for the Knicks. Um obviously she got the, the early goal, but um yeah, I think she's she's been she I think she's one of the younger ones, isn't she? Emma Main, yes. Yeah. So no, I mean it's good. Um, I would hope that there was a good crowd. I was not there at this game, but I would hope that there was, you know, um, a decent crowd for both the Knicks and the Mariners. But congratulations to the Central Coast,
1: Cody.
0: Anything to add here?
1: Well, Knicks have an Aussie in their side now, so oh, d- I feel oh, really, I feel a little bit nicer giving them a bit more attention. Uh, yeah, Tiana Jaber.
0: There we go. Transfer news um, former with Cody.
1: Newcastle Wanderers and Western United midfielder slash defender can kind of fill both roles. So there's an Aussie in there that makes me want to talk about him a little more. And I don't want to be seen as this, like, real Wellington hater either. They're actually one of my favorite squads to watch in this competition. I'm just trying to make sure I'm, we're not straying too far from talking to you. That's my, that's my, that was always my main concern. <laughs> but genuinely, they have a great squad. I hope they make finals. Um Look at the places that, players like that uh, Foster, Fraser, even Emma Main, uh, Speckmeyer is a lovely watch as well. It's genuinely an exciting side. It's a side I hope does well. They're just hitting a patch of form where, as you'd expect with a youngish side as well, they are always going to go through these patches where things just don't really click for them. Results yeah. so going down. You've got instances where you know, maybe players like Fraser, are, I don't want to say have too much confidence, but... Maybe try things that are a little bit outside their range of ability, so they are going to go through these issues. It's just a matter of how Paul Temple temp navigates the situation, tries to get them back on track. Mariners, on the other hand, are another side that I hope makes finals. There's about ten sides, there are eleven sides in this competition that I want to see make the final series. So I don't, I wouldn't read into that too much. But no, Mariners, and even with a uh, few players starting, that maybe we haven't seen too much of this season. Shadine Evans. Uh Petit actually starting. I know she started a few games here or there, but she's not always an out yeah, <laughs> and out starter. She's got herself a couple goals.
0: She's going all right though. Yeah,
1: she's got herself a couple goals this season as well. So yeah. you know what? Full credit to her. One of the better players in the NPL New South Wales this season as well. we Badawiya, someone who's also been doing well at an NPO level. Four goals for the Mariners now, I think three in the last five games as well. So absolutely fantastic from her. There's there's a lot to like about the Mariners as well, and while results start to click, I think we can see them going on a real run, especially if better is hitting form. If you've got a striker that's gonna at least score a goal every two games, I wouldn't be counting that side out.
0: Hundred uh, percent. Let's jump over to the game that started it all, where we probably should have started but didn't. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne victory, Perth this week kicked off your night round. Um, Melbourne scoring two goals but splitting them across two teams with Jamila Rankin netting an own goal. Two own goals in one round. What are, what are the the bets? That's the beauty of Unite round. You're not only scoring for your own team, you're scoring for the other team as well.
1: Um, We're all united in the one cause.
0: Exactly. See? Uh, big news here. Emily Galenik makes her return after um extended period on the sidelines. All in all, Perth kind of... I think they've stumbled over the last couple of games as well. Um, so hopefully they can kind of shake the cobwebs. But Melbourne Victory have kind of turned things around from how they started the year. Um, now looking like that team that on paper we expected to come through. Um, pulling a point when it probably should have been three, but hey, we won't hold it against them. Um, thoughts here on Melbourne Victory?
1: Cody. Look, they're... Forms probably turned around a little bit. I wouldn't say they are where they want to be. Though. They're still eighth. They're still outside of final series. If it was this time last year, they'd be even further away from a final series saying that. They're the same, same amount of points away from six as They are fourth. Such, as I said before, is the nature of this competition. It's so tight. So, look, a point, you can't even say it's a home, even if they were the home team. They've picked got something out of this game against second place. On paper, it's good. But no Melbourne victory. They probably won three points. We're hitting the halfway point of the competition. They don't want to be languishing this low for much longer. They'll someone signing someone like Chidiak's a signing of intent. You don't sign someone like Chidiak and go, oh yeah, we just want to make finals. You sign someone like Chidiak because you want to go and win the entire competition. Yeah. And fair play to them. Chidiak's slowly starting to get involved again, starting to get, from what I could see, it looks like she was the best player on the pitch in that match as well. So, you're getting what you need out of her. I'm sure goals and assists will follow soon enough, but um, yeah, I think victory will want things to start clicking a lot better, a lot sooner rather than later.
0: 100%. Michelle, anything to add here for our final game this week?
2: I did not watch, so not much to say. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Sydney, Sydney didn't have the greatest start to the season either, um, and they've, you know. They're sitting in third now. They've turned it around. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still time. Victory can turn it around. They're literally, like, four points behind Sydney. So, it like yeah. Cody mentioned earlier, it is a very tight competition. Like, anyone can still make that finals, uh spot. So, um, yeah. Um, I think you guys have nailed it, though.
0: Happy days. Have I missed something about Lydia Williams? She had injured or... She was not in the squad at all this week. Um, Watch this space. Dunno. There we go. Um, All right. Let's jump over to the UK because there was some uh, debutants this week, some games played in the FA Cup um, over there. So uh, let's start. Where did I want to start? Let's start with Leicester. Um, Downing Derby 4-0. I think – both Courtney Nevin and Remy uh, got on the park from the bench, which is a good sign for both of those. So hopefully that's some good starting for um Remy to get back into the starting lineup. Fingers crossed. Uh Ossonal, um without two of the Aussies this week. Um Kyra came off, off the bench. Uh Caitlin started and got substituted on, but uh Catley, I believe, was away on personal uh, stuff. Dominant display from the early whistle. Um, we're just going to fly through this, guys, because it's FA Cup. It's not league stuff, and we haven't really been capturing the FA Cup much this year, so that'll be something we look at next year. Um, Micah gets the starting goal for Liverpool against Bristol as they win and go through. Uh, Mary Fowler scored for Man City in their 4-0 win over Durham. Um, that's all there. Happy days. Uh, big news. Let's go. First start for Charlie Grant in Lily White as Tottenham get up 3-2 over Sheffield. Um, good to see Charlie not only getting that move to England, but getting straight in the squad and getting game time straight off the bat. Um, wearing in number two. You know, good vibes, good vibes. Uh, in the other side. Uh, Kat Gurry also starts, uh, and picks up a yellow card and a substitution. Uh, we don't have to cut like, it's going to be weird, not covering Chelsea for the next couple of weeks, guys. Now that Sam's out, it's going to be
1: really weird. Um, I don't think it's just the next couple of weeks, though.
0: So. Oh no, it's the next <laughs> couple of months, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, in France, do we cover this no leon beat paris f c one 0 um to keep their kind of title race in things leon Oh, no, it's not even close. Lyon are clear by 11 points at the moment. <laughs> that changed real quick. Paris, uh, PSG and Paris FC uh, split on 25 with Montpellier actually right there as well um, on 19. So a little bit closer in France this year, but Lyon look like they're absolutely running away with things. Nothing happened in Spain. I don't think, I think Real Madrid had the week off because we covered the game that they played last week because it happened just before we recorded. Um, so, yeah. That is the week. I want to throw something at you guys real quick. Um, There's been a lot of chat around my social media that I've been seeing about this alternate universe where people think that we're going to use Sam in the Olympics. Um, There's been (laughs) mainstream media and fans alike uh, have this really huge idea that, hey, we did it during the World Cup. Um, We've got a smaller squad, but. Let's bring her just in case we need her. Um and it's gotten to the point where it's kind of starting to infuriate me because it's like, hey, <laughs> like didn't really work that well for us in the World Cup. We kind of got lucky at some points and we just happened to have that core squad that we didn't well Tony decided we didn't need substitutions. Um but Cody, you started laughing. Um I'm guessing you've seen the same things that I have. <laughs> What is your reaction reading this stuff? Because for me, it's like, like there's, there's a glimmer of hope, but I'm also like, I've already parked that whole bus and gone, cool, we need to find someone else to fill that slot. Um,
1: I'm not sure if you've seen this, Josh, but there was, I think it was about seven years ago when the Mariners, and they didn't have a women's side at this point, but they were very much a basket case of a football club, no offence. And I don't think they were paying security a lot, but someone in, I think it was an Australian rugby union shirt, managed to jump the barricade, get on the field. And when he got on the field, people realised he was in a moon boot, had crutches and was celebrating with his crutches in the air. That is the only way Sam is getting to the Olympics. (laughs) If someone decides, oh yeah, let's just let her run on with all her medical equipment. That was so
2: funny. Iconic moment. Iconic. (laughs) Wearing a wallaby shirt, not even a yeah. mariner shirt. Wearing a we
1: wallaby shirt onto the field. That's the Australian rugby union team. I sound very un-Australian for not knowing that off the top of my head, but anyway, it's that's the. Okay. There's too many support.
0: animals. Too many
1: animals. Yeah, I know. And frankly, I don't really care for rugby union too much, but there's. It's a very complex issue. I'll be honest. Like I've reacted to this personally on my own platform. I don't. I won't say it's infuriated me to the point where I think yeah, you has Josh. I just love a real, I just love a cheap shot at the media because I think it's hilarious when people that don't understand football try and talk about football. This is a clear case of it. People are looking at it going, oh, okay, they've done it in the World Cup, they brought in Kyle Simon. Why don't we just do it again? There's a few things that you've got to understand here though. One, people do it in other sports. I think in NFL you'd put on put someone in your squad as a kicker. We don't have kickers in football. You've got to do everything. You don't have a separate team for attacking and defending. You don't have specialist roles. Everyone's got to be good at, have a base level of ability at just about everything on a football pitch. If you're going to step onto a football pitch, if you can't run, you're not going on a football pitch. And if you can run six months after an ACL injury, I want to know who your doctor is, because that's probably the second coming of Jesus Christ. It will take a miracle. Literally. Second thing because we did it at the World Cup, people obviously have that mental image in their heads, like, okay, we do it then, we can do it now. Were we actually right to do it at the World Cup? Because <laughs> we, got, we got to that stage, we got to a penalty shootout. We still didn't do it. We still didn't bring Kai Simon on. So it was kind of useless in the end. And look, there's a lot of things Tony got wrong at the World Cup. There's a lot of things Tony got right at the World Cup, in my opinion, still. That was one of the things he got wrong. That's on the, that's on the no side of things. Don't do that again. And considering the fact that we've got five less players in this squad, please do not do that again. We have other players that are well capable of stepping up. Okay, maybe not to the extent that we can get out of Sam Kerr, but we can bring someone else into the squad, change a couple things around, and we still get the same output out of the squad as a whole. Third thing, and I think this is one thing that's really, really underrated in this conversation. Sorry. Still not feeling too good still really underrated in this conversation. I don't think people realise that Sam Kerr's not overly great when it comes to penalties. If anything, I'm not going to say she's terrible, but she's kind of bad.
2: I would say she's terrible.
1: (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, I compared the stats, and look, I'm not one to look at too far into stats because I think they do need to be always looked at with some context. But if you want to judge how good someone is at penalties – their penalty conversion rate is usually a good base level of stats to go off. And as much as I say I don't like them, it's, it's probably duly justified in this situation. We brought Kaya Simon in that situation. Her conversion rate in her career is about 88%. Decent from what it looks like, aside from, because I don't believe what I was looking at was actually including penalty shootouts that they've been in. If you just look at her general penalty conversion rate, in normal gameplay, she's only missed one in her career.
0: I mean, you say that though, but Megan Rapinoe had 100% conversion rate and then scoffed
1: it. That's, that's <laughs> what I mean. That's cups. why you can't <laughs> always look at stats because they aren't going to give you a true reflection of what you're going to get in a penalty shootout. Penalty shootout's one of the hardest things to do in football in terms of the mental aspect of it. You can have all the stats in the world. You can have everything backing you up. It's not necessarily going to work on the day. It just as like if you're not a great penalty, penalty taker generally, maybe you'd be able to step up in that one moment. But as a general rule of thumb, your conversion rate is a good gauge of where you're going to be at in terms of your penalty taking ability. Like I said, Kaya Simon's only missed one in her career, 88% conversion rate. Sam Kerr's is 56 and that's rounding it up. She's missed almost half of the penalty she's taken in her career. I don't know about you guys, but if someone had that conversion rate and didn't have the name Sam Kerr next to her, I'm not taking that risk and I'm not wasting a spot on that. So, look. I like Sam Kerr just as much as the next person. She's a fantastic pl- fantastic player, fantastic person from what I can see, at least. I can't say I'm having a bit with her on the weekend and know the ins and outs of her life. But um, from, in my opinion, if I'm taking her to the Olympics, she's filling the Martin Boyle vibe manager role. She's not going on the football pitch. She's not getting a scored number she'll she can be there to help the squad out in terms of a mental aspect, give her a coaching badge, get her in the in the setup or something. But she's not going to be in a position where you can put her on a football pitch. It's it's plain facts. It's an ACL injury. It's not oh she's got a tight calf, we'll see if we can manage her through the tournament. These things are pretty serious.
2: Yeah. Michelle. Um yeah, look. Um Anyone who thinks that Sam can just walk on the field and take a penalty needs to go back and watch the Olympics from Tokyo. Um, and that will give you a clear idea of why Sam Kerr should not be taking penalties, just in general.
1: She missed one against Sweden, right?
2: Um, and Team GB, I believe.
1: And then there's the 2019 World Cup too. Yes,
2: and that one was against Norway.
1: And that was also pretty bad.
2: And that was also terrible. That one was like skied it. I remember being at the star watching it and just being like, oh, dear Lord, I'm traumatized thinking about it. Anyways, yes, please, no one think that Sam Kerr is or should be our number one spot kick taker because she's not. Um, She's great at other things. She's got other talents. Her heading ability ability is world-class, you know, her strength and power, world-class. Penalty kicks, brother, take a step back. And also, like, mind you, if you watch the the France World Cup um, penalty shootout, she is not one, two, or three. Like, she's a bit further down the list, right, and there's a reason for that um which is fine like she's got other strengths like everyone's got their strengths and it is not one of hers also we should not be pushing players to rush into things a- ahead of um after a um an acl injury let them recover let them recover properly um otherwise it's going to be bad for long longer long term yeah. injury so. so you're talking
1: about like there's already an aspect that she's not the best when it comes to that situation Imagine if you've done your ACL and let's just say in some mythical, magical land, Tony does take her to take a spot kick. Imagine, first of all, I hate when people get subbed on to take penalties because 90% of the time it doesn't end up working. I can use uh, England's Euro final in the men's as a perfect example of that. They shouldn't have brought subs on to take penalties. I hate it when it happens in football, no matter where it is, no matter who it is. It could be happening to a team against me and playing in my favour. It would still piss me the living hell off. Imagine taking someone to a tournament for that specific role while they're already injured and then subbing them on in that situation. Imagine the mental pressure that's on you in that moment. Yeah. And imagine if you miss. That's, that's, that's all I'm thinking. Imagine if you take, if you build it up like, yep, Sam Kerr's done her ACL six months ago, but we've got her here to take a penalty. We get to a quarterfinal. We get, let's just say we get to a semifinal. It's our first chance to make a final of an Olympics in our history. You bring Sam Kerr on, she's got to take the penalty to maybe keep us in, and she misses. Imagine how stupid everyone looks in that situation. And in all honesty, take away the fact that she has a poor record, if you put her over the penalty spot in that situation, anyone would probably miss. It would be a waste of time, it would be really stupid, and it would be counterintuitive for us. It sounds harsh, but that's kind of the truth, unfortunately
0: the more I kind of sit here and listen to you guys talk, the more I realize what it has, what I've seen that's actually pissed me off. And I've had a few people reach out a few friends be like, Oh, it sucks that Sam's out. Yeah, cool. And then the conversation turns to, Oh, we can write off the Olympics. I'm like, mm, mm. Uh, no, <laughs> we, we reached the semifinal of a world cup without Sam. Um, Yes, she played minutes here and there and she scored the one to goal against England that didn't do anything but give us a little bit of hope for ten minutes. But this squad can do it. Like it's more than just one world class player. We've got now what, I think there's thirteen or fourteen Aussies playing in one of the in the top league. And then you look at France, another there. So pretty much the 18 that we could take are all playing in the penultimate leagues in the world. It's not a one man or one woman show.
1: And even to, if you're taking someone from the A-League, it's going to be one of the upper echelon in the, in the competition as well, which from everyone that you could speak to in football, the A-League is of a decent standard. If you're taking the best player in that competition, you're not doing yourself any harm.
0: 100%, especially if they're putting bowls in the back of the net. Um, Yes, they on might one not lake. be. <laughs> they, they might not be huge, dramatic, turn a Millie Bright inside out and smashing it overhead and catching Mary Hope's off guard goals. But they're going to be important, timely, and sometimes unexpected, which is something we all need to keep in mind. Um, losing Sam does not mean the World Cup. Uh, the Olympics are over for us. One, we've still got to qualify for the Olympics. We haven't even done that yet. Um, so let's get past Uzbekistan first before we can uh, even look towards Paris. Uh, and then we can panic from there if we do so wish. Uh, let's look ahead as to what is coming up in the world, my folks. Wait, can I just put oh, in for
1: a sec? Two things on that. One, look, I know you don't. we shouldn't sit here and say our chances of the Olympics are over because Sam Kerr is injured. Losing the best footballer on the planet or second best footballer on the planet, it's going to be a blow to anyone. I think that's something that probably should be prefaced. Australian sports people are very reactionary in that regard though, where one thing happens and suddenly the world's ending. We're not going that far. We're probably somewhere in the middle where, yeah, look, it probably does dampen our chances a little bit, but if we play our cards right, we'll do just as good. Playing our cards right is the difficult part. We've, you've got to have faith in who's there at the, at the end of the day if you have someone like Mary Fowler step into that role she's a quality player herself and someone that the Australian public should be familiar with considering she's slapped over the front page of every newspaper simply because she has a famous boyfriend which that's another conversation in itself but i don't want to sit here and say oh we're going to be 100% okay with Sam Kerr it's still slightly worrying but i'd still have faith in the 18 that we take we've got you said it as well. We've got a, an abundance of world-class players. The team isn't just Sam Kerr. Yes, it's a blow, but it's not the end of the world either. There was something else I was going to say. Yes, the Olympics qualifying for it. We haven't qualified yet, but I'm just going to make one comment on this. If we don't beat Uzbekistan over 180 minutes, Tony Gustafsson really should be on the very first flight from Melbourne to Stockholm. And if there isn't one, make one and getting the hell out of here because if we're losing and getting knocked out to Uzbekistan with all due respect, we, I don't out of respect. We probably shouldn't be saying we've automatically qualified for this tournament, but we are on paper significantly better than them. And we should be doing everything that we can to show that we are. It's not arrogance. It's almost fact at this point, but, it's not. It's also about going out, and showing them. I'd want to go out there and actually put on a ruthless display in the ilk that we did against Philippines. That's what I want to see from this game. I want to see us go where moving into a stage where a lot of sides in Asia shouldn't scare us, shouldn't intimidate us, and we shouldn't be looking at going. Okay, a sides on a good run of form. we us to be wary of them. It should be okay. This sides on a good run of form. Let's show them who the real team. Who the real Leaders in this continent are because that's what we are. We are the best team in Asia. We should be showing that with. We should be showing that to a good extent. Hundred percent.
0: Um, I did miss uh, a little bit of news before while we we're going to the UK. Uh, Millie Borton has uh signed or has been Ipswich. transferred to Ipswich Town. Um, this was one that confused Cody way too much for what it
1: should be. <laughs> Essentially, how, I've never seen it in football before. On like, it was a dual agreement,
0: a, a dual agreement. So essentially, she's getting paid by Tottenham to play
1: for Ipswich. That just sounds like a loan move. Um, yeah, a loan move that the club, the the loanee club, doesn't pay the wages for. That, that that's just a loan move. With Unless she's got two
0: contracts and she's double dipping. Good on Millie if Unless that's she's the case. still playing
1: for Tottenham's youth team every now and then or training with them. If if Switch has a part time setup and they're not training full time. I don't know, but she made a debut for If such as well in the, the Cafe Cup the bench.
0: Exactly. That's what made me think of it. Um let's look at actually open mic time. Michelle, do you have anything that I've missed this week that you want to add in? Um Tilly Two Cents is what we're gonna call this little oh, segment I was just of the going show. I'm
2: gonna say if maybe <clears throat> if anyone wanted to give their thoughts on Unite Round um in general. Oh, yeah. I I mean for me again, like I said earlier, it's not something that I personally enjoyed. I didn't care for it. It was never something that I was in agreement with. Um, Yes, it is better than the grand final decision, Um, but not by much in my opinion. It's still a money grab. It's still anti-football in my opinion. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Um, But, yeah, for me, didn't like it. Um, There was... It, it didn't feel like the the football festival that they were kind of, like, advertising. There was, like, no activations. I got a free Big Mac bowl, which was great. Um, but, yeah, like, there was, like, nothing there. Like, apparently you couldn't even buy merch anywhere from, like, other teams. I know the Allianz store had some, but not everyone else. Uh, I don't think ComBank had many, and I don't believe Leichhardt had some. I think Leichhardt had, like, a... A mariner's tent, from what I heard, um, but it doesn't sound like there was the activations were good. I think there was too many clashes, uh, especially on the Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if they do it next year, it'll have to be done a lot better. Cody, um, I know you were on the opposite side of the city. Um, what was it like from from your end?
1: Looking away, it kind of just felt like going to a normal A League double header. Days were a little bit long. I won't say I hate the idea. I think in terms of, and look, I'll probably in terms of men's competition, because they don't have a full home and away season and we're still in a competition with their promotion and relegation. You can get away with it. The funny thing is, I think if I went to the women's doubleheader in like on the Saturday, it probably felt a little bit more festive, mainly because I saw a lot of people from interstate. I hadn't seen in a while. Shout out Kieran Yap, but um, it felt, it felt like it, almost suited the women's game a little bit more in terms of the actual fan base of them felt like a lot of fans on that side of the game are willing to kind of get around other teams and actually go and watch a double header and go and watch other teams outside of their own a look at the Wanderers game on Friday night the RBB rocked up for their game MacArthur left after their game even on the Sunday even on the Sunday and it was probably the same crowd for both games but it was two completely different sets of people so there are instances where I don't think people were really bought into the weekend. It could have been because there wasn't a lot going on outside of the outside of the matches. Maybe that's something the appeal need to revisit. If there's one thing as well, I'd say is probably don't do it in the middle of summer because they've got both extremities of either being really really hot or pouring down raining. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. It has if, to
2: be summer. It has to be in the school holidays. At least uh, in summer. There's no other time that they can do it.
1: Oh, I'd do it. i oh, actually, if you ask shout out Antonis Pergonis quickly, an idea that he's been kind of putting on all weekend is if you do it for round one, where people have been kind of football starved. You go into a new season, everything's in the one place. People are going, okay, yeah, I want to go watch the opening round. No, it's that an would idea. suck.
2: It would suck because people want to watch their opening round in their home stadium.
1: Well, that, that teams are going to be away anyway, so yeah, they're not always going like, to
2: get that. but like someone, someone's at home.
1: I don't know. Look, it's not a perfect idea. I'm happy to do it in the meantime. Eventually, look, my dream for this country is that we have proper footballing pyramids. When you get to that point and you're doing proper home and away seasons, you can't have something like this. I I enjoy going and watching football with people that I don't see very often. That's a path that I'll take on. It's not something I'd want to see long term, but in the short term, there's ways you can do it that'll make it good. And I'm more than happy to keep it going in that time.
0: Uh, statistically. Uh, reported attendance through the gates for this weekend was forty-seven and a half thousand. In comparison to both the grand finals combined last year, drawing in thirty-six. I so, mean, you are
1: comparing two games to twelve. Yeah. So there is that context you got to put into it. But look, people are generally happier with it. People want to, are more than happy to travel for it. People have more reason to travel because their team definitely will be playing in. Look, it may be a thing that's more relating to the diehards, but there are people that are happy to go and watch other games and actually get involved in the weekend. So I want to look, crowds are one thing, but everyone that I've kind of spoke to over the weekend, and I don't know if you had the same experience, Michelle, a lot of people that I spoke to were had fun. There's a building block there. They probably just need to make it a little bit more festive next year if you want to keep it going and actually make it a somewhat of a tradition.
2: I think people had fun, but I think people had fun because everyone hates Sydney, and it was just everyone united against Sydney. That's all it was. That's literally all it was. Like, uh, I I think the only reason people were happy to be there was because they all wanted to um, to shit on Sydney FC. So that's.
1: Well, what I it wasn't is. at any Sydney FC then, games, yeah. to be fair, so I didn't actually see much of that aspect.
2: Like, it wasn't even at our games. It was everywhere, every stadium. Like, we live rent-free in everyone's head, so, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, let's look uh, to the week ahead. Sydney have a midweek game to catch up on their Asian Cup stuff against Central Coast on Wednesday uh, to kind of half-kick this round off. Uh, Wellington makes the trip across the ditch to Melbourne city. Uh, and then the other Melbourne team travels to Canberra to vacate the premises. Uh, Brisbane come to, uh, go across to Perth. Adelaide come to Western United. Uh, why am I saying the away teams first? I feel like I always do this. That's super weird of me. Uh, the Jets traveled down the M1 to Sydney uh, for that fixture. And then uh, Cody's home team. Western Sydney play central coast at the world's best away stadium. Um, over in the UK, the WSL returns this week, uh, Leicester host Aston Villa. See, that just sounds weird to me. Everton have Arsenal, uh, away, uh, no one plays in this game. United-Chelsea, that's a huge fixture uh, in terms of the table, but we don't have any Aussies currently playing in that fixture. Uh, Brighton-Bristol, Man City-Liverpool, and then West Ham-Tottenham. Uh, we'll see if Cat and Charlie make their league debuts this week uh, as well. Over in France, uh, we have uh, PSG playing Ream, uh, Paris FC playing Le Havre, uh and then PSG back it up during uh the weekend to play Bordeaux and Lyon go to Montpellier. In Spain, it is a week off uh for Real Madrid, I believe. Uh do we where's our other Aussie? Is it Huelva? Welcome. Cody. Uh they play against Granada this week. Uh so that is everything around the grounds, folks. Uh but yeah. That is all from us, I think, this week. Anything to add to anybody else? Have we missed anything? Is there anything that has been left out of my microscope of this week's around the world? I think that's everything. I've done pretty well. Let's go. Um, All right. That is us for another week, folks. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode of the Talking Tilly's podcast. Goodbye.